together. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue recording on this, the 28th of uh, May. It's May. It is. It is the end of May. Yes. Uh, I wanted to, um, oh, shit. I am Dino and you are. Oh, and I am Ace. My bad. Again this week. I have not changed aliases yet. No. Uh, but I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. Oh, I wanted to I wanted to thank you. You got me a blue sky code. Oh yes, I was gonna I was gonna mention that you're now on Blue Sky, so yeah. Yes. Uh that that is boy, that website's quite a thing. Um Yeah. There are like, many competing forces on that website. There uh, really <laughs> are. Um like the day yeah. after I showed up there, uh things blew up a little. Yeah, yeah. Before it was like, you know, so when I got on there, um, it was just a bunch of like, you know, tech nerds. And I, and when I say like tech nerds or tech bros, I don't mean that in the disparaging sense. I mean like, oh, these guys are really cool. Yeah. You know, they're, not, you know, it's not working towards derogatory. It's <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh, yeah, these people are working on something really cool that, you know, at least arrives at the same ends that you or I might want. Like, it's kind of like federated, decentralized platform. And then, um, see, a lot of uh, Twitter refugees started showing up, and I'm one of them. But by Twitter refugees, I'm talking about the shit libs. Um, Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, These, like, blue checkmark people um, who then just want to make Blue Sky just Twitter. Yep. Um, well, what they want it to be is they want it to be Twitter, but with all the censorship back and more. Right. Yeah, yes, that's what I mean by, like, just want it to be Twitter, like OG Twitter. Yeah. Um, sort of like, yeah. Um, and that that's kind of goes against the whole point. Like, the whole point is to have these, like, federated areas uh, for people where yep. it's just like, yeah, no, it, it, that's... Like, you know, uh, the uh, Jack, who obviously made Twitter, was making this kind of in the background, like on the way out when he was like Twitter's uh, executive or CEO or whatever. Yes, this this began this whole system began as basically research that was happening at Twitter um, that was being done by Jack. Even after he stepped down as CEO, he was still head of developing this project um, at Twitter. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jack has said before previously, and, you know, whether you want to take him at his word or not, that's that's up to you. That's your your call. But he said in the past that he wants an Internet where essentially essentially no one can get permanently banned on yep. it. Right. Yeah. Like uh, or you'd have to do something so incredibly awful that that would warrant it. But rather than that, there would be no like permanent bans. So the idea of like, you know, uh, having, you know, a central authority, having being able to censor people. You know, whether it's like a government or some it's hosted on, you know, or run by a corporation or something. Jack think that thinks that's bad. And I agree with him. Uh, and, he, you yes. know, his whole point is, no, he wants a, a federalized, uh, you know, or federated uh, server or not. So that's the wrong way to say it. Sorry. Just a federated uh, n- node, let's say, or nodes, I should say, plural, um, that are able to kind of like uh create their own zones of people so while there all will always be like nazis on the internet you can like you know shove them off in the corner somewhere what i like about what he's (laughs) built and this is something that that 
is a focus of it to the point that it's it's pointed out to you, I believe, during the onboarding process into the app is yes. um, moderate your own fucking experience. Don't yes. ask us to do it for you. It was, yes. it's, it's, it's part of, like, I think it's part of the onboarding process that it's like, you can create feeds and you can mm-hmm. run block lists. Like, if yes. you, like, like, you can all do this yourselves. Do not fucking run to Daddy Blue Sky saying, take this content yeah. off my feed. You can take care of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot of it, but apparently like the day I got on there, um, people were going to like, um, like Jake Tapper who got on there. Everyone was going to his thread and posting Goatsy, uh, right <laughs> under his, <laughs> under his posts. <laughs> so it's <laughs> funny. So, you know, it, it's just like, yeah, I enjoy this type of internet. I enjoy the Wild West uh, part of the internet. Yes. Uh, personally. Um, oh, and just, yeah, it can come with something... some shitty things, but it's also, you know, yeah, you can deal with it yourself. It's not yes. like you're defenseless here. That's what I like about the onboarding process for Blue Sky is it puts it very much in your face that you are responsible for moderating mm-hmm. your own content. Like yes. it's and it's it's kind of communicated in a way that I don't know if people who don't think about these things would notice it like mm-hmm. that. But they right. they put the features in front of you during the onboarding process where it's like you can create feeds. You can subscribe to right. feeds. It's- you can subscribe to block lists. Yeah, it's the it, it very much it's treating you as if you own like your account or truly, you know what I mean? Where yep. where it's like rather than you're just, you know, sitting your your account is owned by, you know, some type of corporation out here and they you just run to them when you have a problem. It's like, no, no, I I, I determine like what I see and what I don't here on yeah. my own. Which is actually part of it's an interesting way to sort of intro what happened right after I joined. So there's a bug in there's a bug in Blue Sky that causes very long threads to load improperly such that you cannot interact with the thread or any of the posts in the thread. So yes. if you find yourself in the middle of this thread and it keeps going below you, those notifications go to your notifications and you cannot stop yes, them I, because you cannot mute the thread. People have called it Hell Thread. Yes, um, it is the Hell Thread. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so what happened was, and this is as I understand it, what what because I didn't go deep on this because that is one problem that I have with Blue Sky so far is that navigating to find out the source of drama is very hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. In a way that it, it isn't on Twitter. You can usually find stuff more easily on Twitter. But it turns out right. the, the way that I, I seem to understand that it went down is that there was a Hell Thread. And, um, uh, somebody in that hell thread posted, was it a picture of Bill Cosby or Kanye? I don't remember. I, I, I've only heard a little bit about it, but I haven't heard. The last time I heard about the hell thread, people were posting ALF, um, um, (laughs) pornography. Um, oh, that's so. Yeah. The the problem, (laughs) the problem is that having this issue sort of breaks the whole point which is like you moderate your own experience and it's like right if you want to go mute a thread that you found yourself in the middle of and don't want to be in anymore you can't so right yeah that is a problem (laughs) it sort of undermines the proposition (laughs) right Right. um which is why i understand why people would get upset about it it makes makes perfect sense um right so that needs to be fixed yes 
But what happened was there were there were a bunch of people who apparently were making comments that were perceived by one user in particular as racist with regard to the posting of these of these images. Um, and uh, it <clears throat> this spun out into being a discourse about how blue sky is not a safe space for black uh, for for minorities, uh, particularly for black women and for uh, for trans people and all this other stuff. Like it spun out into why isn't blue sky a coddling safe space? <laughs> And, you know, it's it's weird because, like, at least for, okay, at least in my experience, um, most of the people, I, and this is just anecdotal, most of the people who I've interacted with on Blue Sky are culturally left-wing. So it's not like yes. there's a big resurgent of, like, right-wing, like, Nazis, you know, which there are on Twitter. I think there's definitely, like, more, like, you know, it, it, whether they're LARPing or not, there's more, like, uh, you know, neo-Nazi accounts on Twitter than there are Blue Sky, for oh, yes. sure. So, there are some yeah. accounts, uh, you know, uh, we say there's less moderation on Blue Sky, and that is probably true, but there are a couple of blatant neo Nazi accounts that have been, oh, I'm uh, sure, that have been removed. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And also, but also, as you said, right, if you feel like, oh, well, this isn't a safe space for, you know, X or Y you know, group, okay, then make one. This like, you, <laughs> you can make your own server and host your own Blue Sky instance. Yeah. The waitlist is only for bluesky.social. But there are right. people who have servers that are just all you're doing is running the uh all you're doing yeah. is running the actual uh base level blue sky federated program. Right. That's all you're doing. You can you can spin up your own blue sky server yeah. and federate with blue sky. Right. Yeah, so oh, yeah. You can you can do all that yourself if you really want to. And it's it's kind of like Mastodon in that or not mass. It's kind of like the Fediverse in that way. Now, Blue Sky, mm -hmm. as I understand it, Blue Sky is not the Fediverse. This is running on a different right. tech stack than the Fediverse does. Mm -hmm. So it's not um, it's not federated with your Pleroma or your Mastodon instance. It's a different thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but you you can still set it up in a similar fashion. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I thought it was very funny that the day after I show up, it kind of implodes a little bit. There's a, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, well, I think people are going into it coming from a Twitter mindset thinking, oh, this looks like Twitter, at least, you know, in the, you know, in the functionality design department, it looks very similar to Twitter, you know, uh, so isn't this just like Twitter, but that it's not the, the point of it is to not be like Twitter. Uh, you know, you have a yes. very base layer that is like Twitter in the sense that, look, you can post, you can repost, uh, you can like, you know, all, all that stuff. Um, you know, the design looks very similar, but it's like, no, 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 no. Um, this is being treated as if it's, you know, as they've said, you know, a public square. It's not like, you know, there's big daddy, uh, owner at the top here and he's, a, he, you know, you're, you're just asking him, you're petitioning him to change all these things or make these rules, make these rules. It's like, right. no, you can make your own, just make your own. And yeah. then, you know, run it off that handle it yourself kind of seems to be the ethos. And that's, that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me because it, I've, I've said this about Jack a lot and there are people who have all kinds of mm -hmm. opinions about Jack, but I've said about Jack all the way back to when he went on Rogan, mm -hmm. uh, which is really kind of when this occurred to me, I've said about yes. Jack before that this is a guy that came up on the old school web. This mm -hmm. is a guy that 
built a communications tool, a microblogging platform that was originally a place that people went to go figure out what celebrities were having for lunch. And it grew well beyond what he thought it ever would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He and didn't know what he was making. Yes. It's like it very much, you know, outgrew his, the creator in that sense. It's yes. like, you know, when he specifically on that Joe Rogan episode, um, he has a handler on that episode, doesn't he? And, and every he time he's like, so stifled by her. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, and every time Rogan would ask a question, um, you know, he almost looked like he wanted to answer, but he was almost like scared to or like for what he, you know, he's, you know, he was still running the company back then, I think. Right. Yeah. He was still, yes, he I was. think, still. So, you know, he wanted to, you know, not say something that might, you know, <laughs> cause shareholder problems or something like that. That's you know, one whatever. of the things that's one of the interesting uh, things about it is that you you take a guy like that. OK, mm-hmm. who is. um just a guy, he comes off to me as a tech guy who just likes building shit. Right. And, and not um, really the business side of it. Right. Like that is something, you, yeah. You take a guy like that and you say, you put him in a position where it's like all of a sudden, almost overnight. I mean, you got by the time it, it was Twitter uh, was developed and, and made public uh, by that. I mean, publicly available to use in what was it? 2006. Uh, I thought, yeah, 2006, 2007, sometime around there, I thought. It, is, it was one of the largest, most influential communications platforms by 2012. Yes. So you have this, this guy who, over the course of six years, and sort of uh, right under, right under, right round from under him, he's developed a, a platform that you take him and you put him in a position where it's like, now, if you fuck up, you are liable to every single shareholder in this public company that is now larger than you ever expected it to be. You could be sued. You could be whatever. Like, like you are in a, in a position of grave responsibility, not just for yourself, but for the board, for the company at large, for the shareholders who own your company. Like you are the position that he was in at that point when he had the handler on Joe Rogan, was a position that I do not envy and I don't think he right. wanted. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what you think of it morally, the, uh, no one should be shocked at the fact that Twitter, you know, worked with the United States government uh, no. in certain cases. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, if the government came to any business in America, uh, most of them would just buckle. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just like they don't want to deal with that. They have the shareholders and all this stuff, you know. And I, you know, who knows their intent? Maybe they're giddy about it. Maybe they, they like working with the government and stuff like that. Sure, that could be possible. But, you know, I'd assume most of them would be like, oh, here we go. Uh, you know, I don't, we don't want to problems or legal trouble so we're just gonna you know take the path of least resistance i would suspect i i agree i would suspect that there were some people who were involved in the direct communications with the government who were very happy Mm -hmm. to do it who was that guy yoel roth was that his name um yeah yeah. i i would think that a guy like that's elated to turn over user data to to uh the department of homeland security i would i would Mm -hmm. think that that's that guy is just so happy to do that I would think mm-hmm. a guy like Jack, and this is not, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to project, but I'm just trying to give my honest assessment of things. I would think that a guy like Jack would be in a situation where it's like, fuck, the last thing right. we need is to be regulated. Right. And that's what they're going to do if we don't cooperate. Right. Yep. 
and I and I, I, I at that point you're basically over a barrel and you have to cooperate or right. you're going to be regulated. They're going to pass a law yeah. that says you have to cooperate. Right. And you're also at the mercy of the shareholders, too. Yes. Uh, you know, so it's like, you know, what the CEO, uh, in, you know, can kind of do in that situation is somewhat limited and constrained. Uh, yes, it is. It is. And so the especially if the fear uh, if there's a general fear in the company, especially in the C-suite that um, or from the managers uh, that you you must we we must avoid regulation at all costs. If the CEO decides to make a decision that causes them to get regulated, he's voted off. He's not on the right. board anymore. Like he's not allowed to be the CEO anymore. So right, and you know when when Jack left Twitter, he it very much did seem like he was like this grew into something I never wanted it to. Yes, uh, so they, and I think he's trying to correct mistakes he made with Blue Sky. Yes, in that. And it seems to me that part of doing that is saying we are not responsible for moderating this. Right. <laughs> we will moderate our server the way we want to. But ultimately, you want to put together a block list? You want to do with it? You do it. Right. It's up to you. You moderate your experience yep. here. Right. Which makes sense to me. I'm, I'm down for that. That's, that's, kind of yeah. what, that's kind of what I always sort of wanted it to be. The problem with the Fediverse is that the moderation is not in the individual user's hands. It's in their admin's hands. So whoever's admining mm -hmm. your server is moderating your feeds. So if you're right. like the server can just refuse to federate with, you know, uh, Liberdon, for example, the libertarian, one of the libertarian instances mm -hmm. of uh, in the Fediverse. Um, the the any admin can just say well we're not we're not going to federate with this server and you might be able to do that on blue sky but as i understand it most of those tools are just left to the individual where it's like if you want to join a block mm -hmm. list you can just join a block list it'll be fine right meanwhile you're not you're not really making those decisions at that level at at that level on the fediverse that's it's up to the admin and the admin can block whatever right. content they want to block right exactly yeah I think the, you know, um, specifically like the more corporate model, right, which is very much you could very much say what Twitter is um, from what I understand. That is very like advertisers love that because they can advertise in a way that has like um, consistent. Uh, what is it like rules and restrictions upon behavior of the people they're advertising to? Yep. From what I understand, whereas um, they really are more scared of like kind of like a wild west type situation where it's just like kind of just left up to everyone's hands because most people, as I said, like go in with that model of like, oh yeah, you know the the company. Uh, of blue sky they're going to handle it i they, they think of it as you know this is just some type of you know i'm complaining i want this service uh give me this thing right i want you to do this for me and then you know i will continue to use your site that type of thing where it's like no no this is much more uh decentralized than what you're actually going in with thinking with like um yeah this is one of the things that i'm you got me thinking now you mentioned advertisers and stuff mm -hmm. How are they going to monetize? That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, um, what kind of, like, why Twitter is, like, makes a lot is because of advertisements yeah. on their side. And that incentivizes them to put in, like, certain, like, restrictions upon, like, what are against the terms of service about what people can post, right? Yeah, they have that's to That's not moderate. the only reason, but that's one of them. Um, 
but that's certainly yeah. I, I think like this is one of the reasons also why corporations uh, tend not to want uh, like a deregulated or decentralized internet is because it makes it more tumultuous and it makes it more like, you know, this is unstable. Um, we can't really advertise in a safe environment here. Yeah, the people we want there's a lot of stuff on like library, for example, that uh, is not what you'd call advertiser friendly content. Yes, right. I mean, the catalog, for example. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, do you think they're going to go subscriptions? Um, there may be a, like, an optional model, maybe. I don't know. See, here's the thing. I don't know if that, because I, from, I, I haven't read a whole amount from Jack, um, but I think he kind of, if they do, I think that'll be in, like, the far future. I think he wants to make sure the, uh, like, the, the things that he wanted originally from Twitter are in place on Blue Sky. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know if they will. Um, if they do, I'm sure it'll be optional. Um, and things like that. Who knows what type of features? But I think the, the kind of the way Jack is approaching it, I don't think now again, Jack is not the CEO of Blue Sky. Um, I forget who the CEO's name is. Um, um, but you know, whatever they decide to do, who knows? I think uh, Jack, though, is much more, um, interested in like making sure that, you know, the, 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 the framework, the technology is all in place there. Um, it looks like Jay Grabber Graber is the CEO, and oh, Jack, yeah, yeah. Jack Dorsey is a yep. board member. Yes. It's also a PBLLC, which I'm not sure what that... Uh, I don't know what that is. ...means. A public benefit limited liability company. Are they a non-profit, technically? Oh. Uh, okay. PBLC. Okay, no, it's a for-profit limited liability entity intended to promote a general or specific social public benefit. Uh, unlike a regular LLC, a PBLC has additional statutory requirements to be transparent, accountable, and uphold its public benefit purpose while, maintain while maintaining its fiduciary duties. Those would be to shareholders. Um, this means PBLC needs to take steps like adopting an independent third-party standard to assess its performance, disclosing conflicts of interest, providing its members with information on whether PBLC met its uh, public benefit objectives. While the PBLC statutes vary in specificity, all of them address matters such as the PBLC's purpose formation, third-party assessments, annual Okay. Here's the thing I bet about this. I bet you that a PBLLC doesn't have to make money. Oh, right. Because it's not, it, from what it sounds like, it's like, uh, yeah, the shareholders, you know, their interests are important, but we also have this goal in mind that we have to hit. Yes, um, and, we, and, we, and you can't sue us for taking a financial hit to, for the purposes of solving the our public. Yeah. Right. I bet you that's the difference here. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. I think that would, uh, that would make like knowing what Jack like wants to do, like with his, uh, with, with what he builds, that would make sense to me. Yeah. So I'm wondering if monetization is just kind of like, well, I mean, look, I'll support the thing with my personal fortune up until, it needs to at least to right. sustain itself, and it never has to make money, right. ever. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, for sure. 
I'm not sure if that's the difference, but I bet you that's the difference because the 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 the, the PB part of the PBLLC would make me think that like if you're investing in this, it's because you believe in the in the mission and not so Cause, much because yeah. you want to make money. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what that's what it just from your initial reading of it. That's what I took in from it as well. Yeah, yeah. Which means that if they make decisions that further the mission but don't make money, you can't sue them. Right. I bet you that's the difference. I bet you that's why that mm-hmm. exists. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I did not realize that they were uh uh that they were incorporated that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. In late twenty twenty one they incorporated as a PBLLC. Fascinating. Wow. Oh yeah. Which which no, actually that's, that's means the exciting stuff. Well, that would mean that would be that that be that's a good thing. I mean, if 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 their whole if the way that they're incorporated, if if I'm correct in my guess, frankly, that they're the way that they're incorporated means that they don't have to make money. That's that's very good. No, that's a lot of like creative freedom for like developers. Oh, um, yeah, that's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jack, um, I mean, Jack's got the money to fucking keep the, yeah, place, can, keep the lights on. probably keep it's that not, thing afloat uh, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Because really all they have to worry about is the bluesky.social or bluesky.app, uh, bsky.app instance. That's all they need to keep afloat. Other people can yeah, launch people their own servers. It doesn't cost them servers. anything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, that's always like that is like always, um, uh, the more I looked into Blue Sky, the more excited I was about it. Um, oh, yeah. And especially like not just what Blue Sky is right now, but Jack's intent for it. And, you know, who knows if that materializes, but, you know, um, it may. Um, but the whole idea of like a, a, a decentralized Internet and an Internet where you just cannot easily like some like big third party or even first party cannot just censor um, out of existence. Yes, um, that's, that's very exciting. Yep. One of the things that's kind of fun, too, is that uh, getting on there and just, like, looking through stuff, it kind of, it's already developing its own culture in an interesting way. Um, yes. <laughs> and it's very much a shit-posting culture. The, the, oh, 100%. Which is one of the reasons it's so much fun. There's a, there's a, there's a massive, massive shit-posting kind of, uh, uh, well, a culture there that, for example, the term skeet. Skeet, yeah, skeet. <laughs> Okay, that's that's a community thing. Uh-huh. That's not the company doesn't call them skeets in the same way that like the Fediverse has toots, right? But they're known as toots from the Mastodon right. sort of the well, early well, the Mastodon. CEO, days. Um she she did acknowledge it was skeets, I think, later on after the community. After the community. Oh, okay. Alright. Well, cause Jay Jay uh it says um Post on the platform of Indub Skeets, a portmanteau of Sky and Tweet, by frequent users, despite CEO Jay Graber pleading with users not to call them that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think she was against it at first, and then I think she finally folded or something like that. that I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Just let the users dictate that. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing. That, it's, yeah. it's, and seeing a, a sort of nascent community develop a culture like that is is really really fascinating and and oh, yeah. the, the number of tech people who are on it is great because there's a lot of uh, like infosec and privacy yep. people on there that are mm-hmm. very much worth keeping an eye on 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that, that's the great thing about it is like when I when I got there, most of like you know um, the shit libs had not gone there, like the blue check shit libs from Twitter. Most of them weren't on there at the time, and yeah. it was all just like uh, tech uh, tech people. And uh, they don't really user. get any love on there, with the exception of no, like, I was very disappointed. I will say this: mm-hmm. I was very disappointed when I first logged in, and it went to the what's hot tab, and the first tweet I saw was fucking Pope hat. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Pope had some big personality on that site and I fucking hate it. <laughs> Jesus, fucking Ken White. Ken White lost his mind to TDS in 2016-2017 and he never fucking recovered. Ugh. <laughs> It's, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah, yeah. But if I wanted him off of my feeds, I could just take care of it. It makes it very easy to do that. Yeah. And honestly, and my favorite to block theme, all of his followers, you could do that too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's the, one of the things uh, the, that I really like about it is the moderation tools are very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, they have to be because that's kind of the whole ethos is you fucking do it yourself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, uh, one, I will say the, the custom feed thing that that allows one of my favorite mm-hmm. feeds on there is the stuff that's, uh, I think it's hot with friends. So like if mm, you're mutuals, oh, that's, yeah. it, like if you're mutuals with people, this feed is stuff that they like. Oh, that's cool. I haven't actually interacted with that too much. That's cool. I might do that. after. This. Oh dude, the custom feed thing is like, I'm about to really get on that custom feed shit. Because that is, it's really, really strong. And you can, like, put together feeds for just infosec stuff. You can put together feeds for all kinds of shit. It's, it's much better than, actually, that sounds much better than what Twitter is doing right now, where, like, when I'm on Twitter, um, it seems like everything on, like, the trend, or, like, the, you know, what's hot or whatever trending, it's, like, nothing my mutuals are interacting with at all. It's, like, why am I seeing this? Everything, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah, and it's, and it's everything that you hate. It's designed to make you mad. Yeah. Right. I'm wondering if there's a cultural thing happening here too. So, so you think about it this way, right? Or, or, and maybe it's delineated in some way between user groups. Maybe the people on Blue Sky like like different shit than like normies on Twitter do. But mm-hmm. oh yeah. Sure. But um, it seems to me that there could be a cultural shift, almost akin to you know how uh in the in the mid 2000s and 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 into the 20 uh 20 teens but mostly in the mid to late 2000s there was a there was a, a cultural mood that demanded grim dark gritty shit oh yes absolutely you yeah. know what i mean and that kind yeah. of fell to the side and and then people liked and appreciated the marvel style stuff where it's like look right. there's some dark elements to the story sometimes but really we're all having fun um, and then there's, and, and so uh, th- those cultural moods sort of change over time and it changes what's coming out in entertainment and all this is, I wonder if that's happening with like blue sky where all this custom feed, these moderation tools, all this other stuff is feeding a sort of cultural need to not be mad all the goddamn time. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's absolutely, that's a really good point. Um, also, yeah, just like piggybacking off of what you said, it's like if I if you have the tools at your disposal and you can just like look at to see like cool stuff your friends are doing. And look, I'm sure this happens on Twitter, too. And I'm just, you know, exposed to more like, you know, outrage bait and stuff like that. Right. But right. Um, 
um, you know, on Blue Sky, I'm sure it's like, oh, yeah, look, I can just I don't have to, like, care about what's going on in the world at all right now. I can just see cool things my friends are into right now. Yep. And then, you know, you don't feel the need to be mad at everything right now when you're constantly inundated with uh, P- some outrage bait that comes on the timeline. And then then you see other people who also have that in their feeds. And then eventually one of your mutual respond to it or something like that and then you kind of get more incentivized to respond yourself or have a take on it right and yeah. it's like no you don't need to do that you can just you know uh talk to an ai duck on on blue sky and fine. Yeah, exactly um yeah it, it, i wonder if i wonder if maybe there's a distinction too between like um frankly like midwit kind of bullshit and like like a midwit internet user versus um, in fact, it might be like the bell curve meme thing, where the dumb guy and the <laughs> and the smart guy are agree, and the midwit is is the wrong one. Right. I'm, I wonder if maybe there's like the dumb guy and the smart guy side agree that I just want to curate my feed to things that I like. Stop making me angry. Right. And yeah, yeah. And the midwit in the middle is a Twitter user who just loves the outrage bait. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. I think it could be like that because I've, I tell you what, I've enjoyed being on blue sky. Oh, me too. Well, the first like uh, day or so I was on, I was like, wow, this is nice. This is a nice change of pace. This is great. There's a um, lot of, there's a to... lot of lefty shit in the what's hot tab, but if you follow enough people, you never have to go there anyway. Yeah. Um, and you can just I... make custom feeds that ignore that entirely. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and like, for me, it, it's like, um, I it's, just interacting on there has been like very chill. I don't think I've posted a single like political thing, nor have I felt the need to uh, on there. Uh, it's been very nice. Yeah. Who knows when I'll break the streak? But it's also <laughs> like you know, as far as like lefty thing goes, I yeah, I like the real like culture war lefty thing. I I, I always try to ignore that. Um, I I'm like, but like I found a lot of people on there are just much more chill. Yes. Uh, you know what I mean? And I, I just, I enjoy that. I haven't uh, felt the need to respond to anything that I saw that I thought was incredibly stupid. Yeah. Right. I haven't felt the need to do that. Yeah, me neither. And yeah. I think part of that is because I remember the onboarding experience of your feed is your responsibility. Uh-huh. So if you see something you hate, just block it. Right. And like having that as part of the onboarding thing has actually affected the way that I use the service because it's like, I don't, I don't want to respond to somebody being an idiot because it's like my feeds, my responsibility. Right. If I saw something I hated, that's my fault. Right. Exactly. Which is, which is a weird way to feel on the internet these days. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's this whole like, you know, well, if we scream loud enough, they'll go away type thing, uh, the kind of culture that you see a lot where it's like, well, uh, that's not really the case, especially on like uh, something like Blue Sky, where it's like, unless they're like extremely egregious. But in most cases, no, that's, you know, they're still going to be there. It's yeah. your job to like filter these people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's in contrast to Twitter, where I see something stupid and I'm like, I must yell at this idiot. Right, like, exactly. I, I, yeah. like, that's it's it's so weird the cultural difference between the it's two. It's like we're all locked in the Thunderdome together. Exactly, uh, that's what Twitter is. And <laughs> no, exactly right. Yeah, 
And that seems to be, that's also how you get engagement on Twitter. Twitter rewards you for behaving that way. Where yes, it does. on Blue Absolutely. Sky, it feels like if I did that, I would just kind of be the asshole. Yeah, everyone would immediately like block. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what it <laughs> yeah. And I think, I really do think there's a lot of that that finds its root in the, on, in the onboarding process for the, for the service where it's like, here are the tools. Block. Make mm-hmm. custom feeds. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Just take care of it yourself. Yep. I think cause I think forcing that level of responsibility. I say that and then, you know, there was the issue where it's like people were blue sky's not safe for blah 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 blah. And it's like but I think a lot of people, most people even, took the kind of response that I had to it, which was like, if you need the internet to be that for you, you don't need to be on the internet. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I, I think people are looking at Blue Sky, and you know, you could say it is to because it's the social part of Blue Sky. The the, the Blue Sky app is the so Blue Sky Social, which yes. is kind of not entirely Blue Sky as the framework. But I, you know, th- th- um, uh, people are looking at it as if it's going to be this curated thing going in, this pre curated thing going into it. Um, because uh, I, I think that mostly that's all they kind of know. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. For the most part. Some and I think, I think in contrast to Elon, I think they've kind of convinced themselves that Jack is one of them. Oh, right, right. And that's, that was never the case. Not even on Twitter. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the new CEO of Twitter, when Jack stepped down, was one of them. Yeah. But... Jack never was, and it was one of the biggest complaints that lefties had about Twitter was that Twitter didn't ban enough Nazis. Like that was that was one of the huge. They thought that people called Jack a Nazi because Twitter didn't ban enough Nazis, and now you have lefties from the right. same movements. I don't know if they're the same people, but they're certainly from the same movements that are that are complaining that Blue Sky is not a safe space for. Oh, why did Jack even do this if it was just going to be the same thing? And it's like you you don't remember when you all called Jack a Nazi in twenty fifteen. You don't remember that. Right. It's like, you know, I don't know if you're in a city, right? And you know, there's a few neo-Nazis in the city. There's a few parts of town where those neo-Nazis live that may not be safe for you to go. That sure. doesn't mean the city itself is not safe. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that everywhere else. So I think people are looking at it kind of as this, you know, homogenous thing where it's like, oh, well, if there's a few, you know, insane people on, on Twitter or on uh, Blue Sky, uh, then that means the whole that means the you know, the, the founder, the CEO endorses it if they're right. not doing anything about it. It's like, no, that's that's not what that means. It's your responsibility. It's your feed. Yeah. yeah get, get rid of these people. Well, that's the thing. Uh, it's even better on Blue Sky because on Blue Sky, you can just block that whole chunk of the city. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> you never have to interact with them ever. You yeah. never need to go there ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. To say that, you know, oh, well, they're just supportive of them. They give you the tools to literally never interact with them ever again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such an interesting cultural difference between the two. Because just it's strange to be on a website where I feel like if I start a fight with someone, I'm the dick. Right. Yeah. Where it's just expected on Twitter. And, you know, for, here's the thing on Twitter, right? I, so I don't, you know, anyone who follows my Twitter account knows that I mostly post, you know, political things, sometimes cultural things. Um, uh, but I follow a lot of different things that I don't really post on on, on, on my account, like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, entertainment, stuff like that. 
this is just my own anecdotal experience, but every part of Twitter that I follow that is not political is still rage bait. Oh, yeah. Uh, like things that someone could just be saying, oh, wow, I really like this new uh, comic I just read. And you would have people underneath it posting the most insanely inappropriate things, uh, calling them a horrible human being mm-hmm. because of their opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. Uh, it's such a just like that's just how Twitter is. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm sure my experience isn't universal, uh, for everyone, but I, I'm sure other people have seen the same thing I have. Oh yes. Oh yes. Well, Twitter's yeah, designed for rage bait. That's how you get interactions yes. on Twitter on blue sky. That's just yep. gets you blocked. Right. Yep. And it's, and it's one of the things to like, uh, I just realized this just kind of now talking about it while you were, you were talking about the different interests and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I have not mentioned, I don't think, on Twitter that I started playing Final Fantasy fourteen. No, I learned about that on Blue Sky when you posted I that. Only, I only wanted to put that on Blue Sky. Yeah, there's some things I post on Blue Sky that I would not have posted on Twitter. I just had feel, yeah, yep. Yeah, and it's like, it's, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel like going to Twitter with that for some reason. I don't know why. There was a joke... The other day, um, I, I, I bought a pack of undershirts and it came with a free Tide Pod. And I don't know why, but I took, I don't know why they did that. It makes no goddamn sense. Anyway, I it's took like a, the cyanide pill they give to astronauts just exactly, in case. Exactly. <laughs> um, this, when things go, when a wardrobe malfunction goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took a picture of it, and I said, it was nice of Hanes to include a snack in my undershirts. Like, <laughs> like it was, it, and that's yeah. just a joke I sent to Blue Sky. I didn't send that to Twitter. I didn't feel like, yeah. I, I didn't feel like Twitter, des- I, I mean, it's look, it's a terrible joke, but I didn't feel like Twitter deserved to know that. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and just like with the Final Fantasy thing, I didn't feel like Twitter deserved to know that I'm playing Final Fantasy and that I made a cat girl character with blue hair. Right. Like, like, I don't think... See, that's the thing. Blue Sky is a very, like, old internet, and for some reason to me, that feels like it's not as uh, terminally online. The people out there yes! are, are terminally online, even though they're, they act like old-school internet users. Does that make sense? Yes, like, no, it, it it's makes weird, like, sense. paradox. Because yeah. like, back in the days of the old internet, everybody touched grass! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there were yeah. websites you could go to on the internet back in the day where nobody fucking touched grass right i mean it's it's a it's so everything had this air of and you know it's one of those things that i think kind of spun out of control in some corners of the internet but everything had this kind of air of detached irony where it's like this doesn't matter Right. It's it's bullshit. Yeah. It's the fucking internet. And it's it feels like that on Blue Sky. It feels like it hey, this shit doesn't matter. We're back to spitting shit out into the void again. Right. And it feels yeah. good. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's like, yeah, there's things that it's just like uh, you know, you, you you post them it just doesn't feel yeah, as you said, it just doesn't feel appropriate to post certain things to Twitter. 
that I would feel completely normal posting on Blue Sky. And in fact, vice versa. I have no incentive. I, I feel no kind of way about starting some, you know, uh, Twitter political argument on Blue Sky. On Blue Sky. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, There's no desire so- for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. I don't think I've said anything political. The only thing that I've said that was political, that's a lie. I did, I did make one political skeet, and that was in response to um, one of the uh, privacy people that I follow was talking about these laws where you have to give ID. We should talk about this one of these days. A lot of states are passing laws where you have to give uh, IDs and biometric data to um, like porn sites and stuff to prove your age. And uh, I posted a thing that was J.P. Morgan Chase, the second largest bank in the world, got hacked in 2014 and exposed, uh, I think it was 76 million households user data. Um, right. Yeah, you want to give them biometric data? Yeah, uh, well, now, you, want to give, you want to give your biometric data to some server you don't know and don't control, run by, frankly, a skeezy porn company? Yeah, right. <laughs> The second largest bank in the world couldn't protect their customers' data. You think these guys can? Anyway, that, that, but that was the, that's less of a political thing and more of like a privacy thing. You know what I mean? Right. Yep, right. So it's, it's I don't know, it, it, it's just such a different experience. Thanks for the invite code. <laughs> oh, yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, I wow, we we immediately went off talking about Blue Sky. I didn't get to say intro stuff. Um uh for Yeah, for almost an hour. That was yeah, great. No. <laughs> for those of you listening, um that who are listening on the way home from or at Childerberg, um thank you for listening first. Also, uh we're sorry we couldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, very sorry. Uh we could not make it this year, but we hope you guys are having a great time there. Yes, we have we have individual reasons for not being able to make it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've become very busy, and the reason why will be clear uh, soon, I think, to most people. And then uh, the yeah, so it's uh, it's it was just one of those things that we work with. It's a very expensive yeah. trip for you, Ace. Yeah, very. Yeah, I, I just uh, yeah, I didn't have the time this year. I just could not, uh, unfortunately, make it. But you know, I uh, I hope everyone who went there had a very good time. As do I. As do I. Uh, so we, yeah, we had a couple of people asking us like, uh, like where oh, we yeah, were. I, we I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize that you know people assumed we were going because I don't think we said anything about it. But yeah, we, uh, yeah, we probably should have maybe mentioned that we weren't going this year. I didn't yeah. know that many people thought it didn't we even were, occur to me. Uh, I, I don't expect yeah, did, people yeah. to be looking for me. Right. Yes. You know what right. I mean. So yes. it, it didn't even occur to me to let people know like I'm not going to be going this year. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's a it's a strange sort of thing, but we did get some messages and 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 we wanted to bring that up and and sort mm-hmm. of sort of sorry we couldn't be there, but it's for good reasons. Yep. Um Yep. And then there's uh what else was there? Oh. Um so there actually is news, but not very much. Mhm. Um And I thought this was you mentioned talking about this. And I thought, uh, I thought we should talk about it. You, you said we should probably mention it in passing, but there was a weird thing about this, and this is the debt ceiling thing, mm-hmm. the the debt deal, and uh, they they seem to have come to an agreement today, or not today, but yeah, 
they seem to be coming to an agreement on the debt ceiling. And and uh, you had pointed out before the show, you had said, you know, why do people always freak out about this? This happens every time this comes up. They they hem and haw about it. Maybe the government shuts down for sixty days, and then they make a deal, and it all goes away. And when the government shuts down, it's like we close some parks. Uh, that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. There are some people who lose bennies uh, when that happens, but but outside of that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's it, it does hurt a few people. But I mean, it's really not like it happens every time. You know what I mean? Right. It happens every single time. I don't know why anybody would be would be shocked when this comes up. And that was kind of what you had mentioned. Um, but there was an interesting thing about this one. And you noticed it, too, when I mentioned it. Did you, have you ever seen before, in all these conversations, have you ever seen anyone mention the 14th Amendment? No. Nope, not once during, like, a, a debt ceiling discussion. Yeah. I hadn't either. And in fact, I hadn't heard it ever before, to the point that I did not know what the fuck the 14th Amendment had to do with... With the debt ceiling, because the 14th Amendment, in my mind, the 14th Amendment um, describes citizenship. Right. And the privileges or immunities clause like like the 14th Amendment, in my mind, is section one. Mm -hmm. I did not or had forgotten about. I, I, I it never occurred to me that section four would be relevant to a conversation like the, like the debt ceiling arguments. And so mm-hmm. I want to, I want to go down to section four and just read it. Uh, okay, yeah. just verbatim, the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services and suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned, but neither the United States nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurred in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the United States or any claim for the loss or emancipation of any slave. But all such debts, obligations, and claims shall be held illegal and void. So, this was passed as part of the Reconstruction Amendments, along with uh, the 13th and 15th Amendment. This was, part, this was passed as part of the Reconstruction Amendments in order to basically say, okay, the, re, the readmitted southern states that had been in rebellion, you guys don't get to complain about your revenue going to the national debt pay, that was paying for the Civil War. Mm-hmm. You also don't get to pay any debts that you have as a result of your rebellion in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point, was basically saying, the southern states, you're not dragging us into court over the fact that your revenue is going to debts, to the debts of the enemy who beat you, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was coming up in this debt ceiling conversation. People were saying that Biden should invoke Section 4 of the 14th Amendment in order to force a debt ceiling deal to pass. Uh, that the, uh, I, have a, I have a story from Al Jazeera. Um, clause 4 of the 14th Amendment, yada, yada, yada. By invoking this provision, Biden could order the U.S. Treasury to keep issuing bonds and keep paying the government's bills. The idea of invoking the 14th Amendment in this way was introduced soon after the Civil War, predominantly to address the debts incurred then, but it has not been tested in modern times. It has surfaced as a last-ditch strategy to avert default in case negotiations between Democrats and Republicans fail. 
This is such a weird fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard uh, anyone bring this up in the discourse of the debt ceiling. Never. Not N- once. Never! How many shutdowns have there been since, let's say, the mid-90s, right? Which we were both born around then. How many shutdowns have there been since then? I think there was one. There might have been one during the Clinton administration. Hmm. Um, There have been a couple. There might have been one or two under Bush. They were were like, yeah, and I remember like under Obama, there were like three or four, it felt like. Yeah, they did it all the time under Obama. Yeah. Um, And it happened under Trump, I think, too. If I Hmm. know, I don't think. Did Trump have one? I thought he had one. Uh, he might have had one. There's one. He might have had one. Um, but yeah, the, so so it happens all the time. I've never ever ever heard this before. Mm-hmm. Um, from this story, Biden would only go down this route if there was absolutely no breakthrough," said Bernard Yaros, assistant director at Moody's Analytics. In that dark scenario, this is the most viable solution, Yaros told Al Jazeera. Invoking the 14th Amendment would put an end to the debt limit and allow the Treasury to continue making its payments in full. Republicans would likely challenge such a move in the Supreme Court, leading to a constitutional crisis and weeks of uncertainty while the matter was looked at. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating thing. Down here, later in the story, uh, Al Jazeera asked, is it legal? It depends on who you ask. Some experts say such a move would actually be unconstitutional as Congress holds the power to spend which I think is probably the case. The, the spending power belongs with Congress. The, the, the president doesn't get to tell the, uh, the government what bills get paid. That's Congress's job. Um, mm-hmm. Some experts say such a move would actually be unconstitutional. Uh, the, the Biden administration, uh, uh, quote, the Biden administration even flirting with these ideas really suggests that the administration's fidelity to the Constitution is questionable or opportunistic. Philip Wallach, a senior fellow who focuses on regulatory policy issues at the American Enterprise Institute, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, Anna Gelpern, law professor at Georgetown, disagrees. Quote, the Constitution requires the president conform to congressional promises. If he must borrow to perform it, so be it. The Fourth Amendment shields the new debt from uh, court challenges to its validity. The ongoing negotiations between the Democrats and Republicans are about future budgets. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, so. It's a it's a it's kind of an open constitutional question whether Biden had has the authority to mm-hmm. tell the Treasury uh, to keep issuing bonds and and to keep paying the government's debts, even when that spending authority hasn't been um, explicitly uh, passed by the legislature. Right. Okay. I, I don't understand, though. Either. <sighs> it seems weird. That- like where where this came from, though, out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? Who came? What think tank? This is this is because this is how this always happens. What fucking think tank got a hold of MSNBC or or whoever first called for this? Actually, I think it was it was people in in the Senate, wasn't it? Because like Fetterman was one of them. What uh, fucking? Do you remember? Ahead. No, I'm, I was just I was just trying to remember. I, I don't go ahead. Sorry. I think it was senators who were first calling for this. I think this started in, with Democrats in the Senate. Or in Congress in the in the legislature, at least. So what what think tank called up the offices of these legislators? And said, here's what you say about the debt ceiling. Here's how you apply <laughs> pressure on the debt ceiling. Right. What think tank is responsible for this? 
Right. It's it's very much like, you know, no matter what uh, you as a listener think about, like, the validity of, like, abortion or something, it's like the fact that it comes from the Fourth Amendment, and that's kind of, like, where it, it was ruled from, uh, you know what I mean, uh, from yeah. my understanding? Uh, it's like, how did you, like, squeeze that out of that? You well, know what I mean? privacy right, like, this is the interesting you... thing about that, too, and this is how this happens a lot of the time. There are these things in the Constitution, man. There are these things that we can see, man, in the Constitution, and we call them uh, uh, penumbras and emanations, penumbras. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and these things in the Constitution, man, they tell us that there's stuff that's in the Constitution, but not really in the Constitution. Never mind the fact that the Ninth yeah. Amendment says that explicitly. It's by implication. Yeah, but this stuff exists by implication. Exactly. Great way to put it. And so we can find privacy in like the Fourth Amendment and like a little bit of the Fifth Amendment and like uh, maybe this other part of the Eighth Amendment or whatever. Like we can find privacy in there somewhere. And so they invented a right to privacy. Right. (laughs) Which technically does not exist. Except right. by the implication of the Fourth Amendment, that you shall be secure in your uh, uh, houses, papers, effects, uh, and right. uh, it's a restriction on procedure, like yes. how they can. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Rather than just going to the Ninth Amendment and saying, uh, "Yeah, government doesn't get to tell people what to do about this." Medical decisions, right. Ninth Amendment issue. And isn't uh, it tragic it. how the Ninth Amendment is just like thrown in the dirt? Like yeah. it's not, it's not even acknowledged. It's it's really sad. I've it's never hard. heard I've never heard anyone seriously acknowledge it. And maybe because it is just too ambiguous that they just can't do anything with it. But I would think certain people would be like, Oh yeah, hell yeah, it's ambiguous. That means we can do a lot with Yeah, that uh, means you're way more limited than you think you are in your authority. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, rather than they could have just as easily read into the ninth amendment and said, medical decisions fall under the rights that are, that the government cannot interfere with. These are very personal decisions that people have to make. Yeah. That would seem to be from a legal perspective, from a constitutional perspective, that would be an easier sell on abort for abortion than much easier sell. (laughs) Right. A much easier sell, but no. Well, especially if... Here's the thing about originalists. Here's the goddamn problem with fucking originalists, okay? (laughs) This is the issue with originalists who are anti-abortion advocates, okay? Originalists Mm -hmm. who are anti-abortion policy advocates. These people, okay, do Mm -hmm. not fucking care about originalism. They don't. Because if they actually fucking cared about originalism, their argument would be late term abortion should be illegal, but abortion can be legal up to the quickening. The first movement of the of the fetus independent movement. Mm -hmm. That was the standard in the fucking 18th century. When these amendments were written, when the Constitution was written, when the Ninth Amendment was written. It always seems to me that these 18th people, century, like, I'm sorry. People, people latch onto certain like terms and descriptions when really it's just those descriptions like serve them the best, but they're not really committed to them in any serious, like, principled way. They're like, right. uh, this gets me to my goal the best. Originalism, originalism just means original meaning as long as I agree with it. Right, exactly, yes. <laughs> It's so, it's such a fucking farce. It really goddamn bothers me. Frankly, originalists on the Second Amendment, I'm going to have to do a full, uh, we're going to have to do an episode of the Second Amendment or something like that, or maybe I'll do that's, it on the like like like, like, 
that's like me with people who call themselves like I'm a conservatarian. It's like, yeah, I agree with a lot of liber. I agree with libertarianism, except for X, Y, Z. Except for the I don't other. agree with. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Except for the different ways that I want to poke my nose in your fucking life. This is the thing right. too. This is what this is the thing like with the Second Amendment and originalists. Okay, so originalists are just like yeah, this whole Second Amendment thing, right? Uh, shall not be infringed. All that. Yeah, it's pretty. That's a pretty pretty blatant original meaning. Hell, even well regulated. Uh, I think the originalists are correct on what well regulated means. It's it just means in working order. People who have access to firearms yeah. and are trained to use them. Um, that's that's totally fine too. Uh, however. What the originalists fail to bring up is the fact that the Second Amendment was designed to ameliorate the need for a standing army. And in fact, having a standing army was unconstitutional. Yes. No one ever brings that up. (laughs) Yeah. And so this idea that, first of all, the idea that the that the militia, right, is supposed to be a federal organization is fucking insane. So anyone who's anyone who argues that the National Guard qualifies as the militia hasn't fucking read the law and they don't know a goddamn thing about the rules. They like they don't know. They don't know why the militia exists. They were supposed to be state militias. In fact, some states, I believe Pennsylvania was one of them. Some states did not have an individual right to bear arms. Some of the colonies, newly mm-hmm. formed states under the Articles of Confederation, they did not have an individual right to bear arms. In fact, I believe it was in Pennsylvania that the arms were kept in county armories for the militia. Mm-hmm. They did right. not. They did not enshrine an individual right to arms. They said the, the the local governments have to provide arms for the use of the militia should they be needed. Right. Right. So whether the Second Amendment creates an individual right to bear arms, I tend to think it does because it's based on the Virginia Amendment and the Virginia Amendment created a, a an individual right to bear arms. So uh-huh. I tend to think the constitutional one does, too. But that's not that's neither here nor there when you're ignoring the whole fucking point of the goddamn amendment. <laughs> right. Oh it yeah, bothers that, me. don't you? Also, <laughs> this bothers me, and I'm sure it bothers you probably even more. Don't you hate when people say, "Oh, uh, well, you see here it says well regulated in uh, the text. Uh, it says well regulated, so that means regulation." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, and I, the, the more and more I interact with people, I, I truly believe that they don't understand how language works. Like, truthfully, I, I yeah. don't think people really get it. Regulate like coming you? from the same root as the regular army, as like the that mm, an effective fighting but force. That, but it's just the fact that terms are not used universally the same throughout time. Yeah. Like, how people just seemingly can't get that really worries me. Can't wrap their uh, head around it. Yeah. The other issue, too, there's all these fucking originalists that are fucking NRA members that are, like, pro-different types of gun control. Like, all about a bump stock ban or whatever. And it's like, no, you fucking moron. Originalism demands that the militia have the arms of the the standing army that we shouldn't fucking have. It's supposed to be a military unit. It's supposed to be an effective fighting force. Right, exactly. It's like, well, and just from an intuitionist point of view, it's like if you believe that, you know, every human being has have equal rights, then why did these people have a right to own better guns than I do? 
Right. So, right. you know, that's a, a very simple argument to make. So if you take like, you know, I know there's debate about like whether the declaration has any legal standing. But if you do truly believe the founding is that we all have the same equal rights, then that seems to imply certain things. Uh, you know, if that's your ethos going into it, that seems to imply certain things about like, well, wait, why are these double standards here? Why yeah. does the why does there are certain people called the military who get to have better weapons than we do? Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> that they'll never answer <laughs> because the at that because at bottom they don't go into it with that position because that position right. demands the uh pseudo lockean sort of liberal position of um yep. you cannot give a government more rights than you have right like you right. you you can only empower the government to do things that you would otherwise have the right to do and that yep. is obviously not the case yeah and the only two positions are that position or legal positive there are no like there's no other middle position. There, there are no right. options outside of those two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a it's a it, it's it's I fucking hate originalists. I really do <laughs> because none of them are originalists. None of them are actually originalists. <sighs> yeah. If it's like, you know, when they're debating on like, well, I'm OK, you know, as you said, with bump stock bands or, you know, bans on magazine capacity or something like that. It's like, okay, well, this is just arbitrary at this point. Yeah. You're just arbitrarily picking a policy that, you know, aligns with your intuitional values. Yes. That's, that's all you're doing. Like, you're, you don't try to say you're, you know, deducing this from your sacred textbook. Here. Right! <laughs> or, it, it, here's the thing, too. I don't think it's values at a certain point. I think what they're trying to do is sell out their neighbor so they can stay ahead of the curve. Like, <laughs> Like, uh, I'm, I'm fine mm. with magazine bands because all I have are bolt-action hunting rifles. So I'm okay with magazine bands because I don't even oh, have an AR. Right. Like, a, a lot of those guys exist where it's like, I'm going to sell out my neighbor so they'll come for my guns last. Right. It's like corporations, like regulatory capture, they're, you know, they lobby for other, like, regulations. It's exactly for, sometimes that. for themselves, and yes. all, but oftentimes for for um, other people who can, they lobby for regulations generally because they can afford the regulation, but they know their customer or their They can afford yeah. compliance. Their smaller competitors cannot. Yes. And that's how they come right. in, and they and they are able to buy up their smaller competitors and, and increase right. their footprint. That, that, that's 100% the case, and that is why the motherfucker from OpenAI went in front of Congress and said, you guys really ought to regulate this. Because oh OpenAI is at the yeah. fucking front right now. They've got all the customers. Access yeah, to their dude. API costs money. They're a yeah. corporation. Dude, all the people saying, see, look, even the inventors see, they're asking for regulation. You dummy. You, you absolute <laughs> idiot. You know, is this your first go around? Like, I, I really want to ask people that. Like, really, were you born yesterday? Is this new to you? Every every single like company that innovates something, they are one of the first people to ask for regulation on it. Especially Almost every time, if it's highly profitable. Yes, yes, and especially if they can get a patent on it. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to be asking for regulation like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, like you. AI is at the front of the curve on this. And so the idea that so they go in front of the government and they say you need to regulate this because we're scared of competitors who won't be able to comply with the regulation, will be able to afford to comply with the regulation. And we can either buy them out or or choke them. Yeah. People talk about like first mover advantage in a market. You know what the real first mover advantage is in the market? It's petitioning the government to regulate you or to get a regulation based on, you know, uh, something you've created or some type of new innovation you've had. 
Absolutely. If you're going to squeeze out that first market, you know, that first mover advantage, you're going to ha- eat up all the, the, you know, market share. You're going to make a lot of money really quickly and your competitors won't be able to get the ground because of the regulations that yeah. got put in place. Yeah. It's like salting the ground after you just reaped a harvest. That is um, exactly it, is. it. It's burning. It's it is. It is burning the uh, it's salting the earth in retreat. Yes, correct. like like yep. I've already done this thing. Now I'm leaving, and I'm going to salt the earth so that this this conquered land stays conquered. That's right. It's a it is an absolute. It's uh, and the fact that people were just like on board for this blew my fucking mind. I'm like, you you guys don't see OpenAI as the corporate giant that that they actually are because they started out as like this peppy fucking startup project, uh, open AI, right? Open, open access to this AI platform and all this other stuff. Yeah. They didn't realize that they reincorporated into a fucking LLC in, in what was it? 2021. You know, I also want to say, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't want to seem like I'm being glib here. Like AI could very well be dangerous in the future, but you know, what's not a good, a good way that, uh, giving the government some type of czar yeah. or authority over AI. Yeah. Giving the government the ability to determine its direction and plus also giving one company a monopoly over it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think I don't want that actually. Yeah. It's a horrible fucking idea. Um, Man, a lot of things that were that have been bugging me for a little bit just bubbling up now. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, Fourteenth Amendment, weird thing to have come up during this whole process, and uh, I hope it yeah. never does again because boy, that's a legal fight that's going to hurt my brain to follow. Um, <laughs> right. It's always to. those like you know those real technicalities that determine everything type oh, thing. Yeah. Where it, oh yeah, you know, it's just like... absolutely. Um, oh. This is something that we hadn't said we wanted to talk about, but I should mention on the show. If you are an FPC member, the uh, according to the Fifth Circuit, this is not legal advice. Take nothing I say as legal advice. I read, heard somewhere from a little bird. Um, the if if you are an FPC member, the pistol brace rule is enjoined as it relates to you. So the Fifth Circuit declined to do a national injunction on the pistol brace rule, the new pistol brace rule from the uh, the, uh, 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 the from the ATF. However, the injunction applies to plaintiffs, and among those plaintiffs are the members of FPC, the people whom FPC represents, the Firearms Policy Coalition. So. Those people are excluded from this law. Now, what does this mean? This means that when the ATF uh, arrests you for having a pistol brace and you are an ATF member, that's your defense. They're not going to not arrest you. you. Mean an, do you mean an FPC member? Or, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. An FPC member. Okay. What did I say? You said ATF member. No. Yes. I'm sorry. When the ATF arrests you and you're an FPC member. That's your legal defense. It does not mean that they're not going to arrest you. They'll certainly arrest you. Um, but that would be your legal defense is, is that this injunction makes you exempt from the law or from the rule. It's not a law. So, so that's that, that kind of uh, it's, it's sort of, I wish they had just done a national injunction, but the fifth circuit is skittish on national injunctions after what happened with the uh, abortion pill national injunction they did. 
which didn't go well for them. It looked really bad. Everyone hated it. And so they're very skittish on doing national injunctions. I believe that's probably the only reason that they didn't do one here is because they they don't want to look like they're getting too national injunction happy. So they limit it to the plaintiffs, but the plaintiffs include members of FPC. Does that include people who join FPC today? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> FPC thinks so, but of course they do. So, I mean, maybe. But if you're already a member, certainly, if you were already a member prior to the issuance of this injunction, certainly it includes you. That's very good to know. I'm glad you took the time to actually like uh, explain that. That's a very important thing. Yes. Uh, and it does not, it's important to realize it does not mean you won't be arrested. You probably will. But it means that you have a solid legal defense that is pretty much going to be unbeatable. In fact, you you, you might win on a on a uh, on a lack of uh, on a lack of PC. You 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 might just not even have to deal with it for very long at all. Um, relatively, I mean, this is this is a this is criminal court, right? So very long at all means a year probably. But <laughs> still, um, so that was a good thing that happened. The it's not as good as it could have been. I would have liked to see a national injunction, but I think the Fifth Circuit's mm-hmm. scared to do those now. Uh, sorry about that little sidetrack. I just had totally no, forgotten no, that about good. that. Um, so now, okay, I know you've seen what I've seen, Ace. Yeah. Yep. Apparently, outside of the fact that. People are calling 90s music classic rock now. Oh, God. <sighs> I know. <laughs> um, Nirvana's a classic rock band now. I hate that. I fucking hate it. Yeah. Um, aside from that, it appears that everyone has gotten amnesia with regard to music in the 1970s. Yeah, have you heard this new group uh, called uh, Pink Floyd? I uh, haven't. I have never heard of this okay. group before. <laughs> I haven't. I'm I'm totally unfamiliar with them and and the art that they produce. Okay. Yeah, they're a new band. They're you know coming up all, uh, on the scene. So yeah. Here, let me let me Google let me Google this newfangled Pink Floyd band. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Wall specifically. Google that album. That oh, Pink Floyd. The, they had an album called The Wall. The Wall. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Well, here, let me let me look that up. Pink Floyd, The Wall, uh, nineteen eighty two. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a little bit ago. Yeah. Uh, is that like? I mean, these are. This is supposed to be a new band, though. Oh well, you know, they, most people didn't know that. The, the, they're just the now, you know, they've been around for a long time, but most people have never heard them. So now, oh, okay. Like, you know, well, yeah. I mean, it looks like I mean, it looks like there was a movie in '82. There was an album in '79. Yeah, yeah. It, this is such a weird thing. Why has everyone? Why does no one seem to understand? Why does? Why is this a new group? It seems well, like they've been making you know, music for a long time. Yeah, you know, it's one of those like, you know, those late bloomers where it's just like, you know, uh, a lot of the things that they've done haven't really, you know, come into public consciousness yet. So it's, you know, everyone's kind of learning about it for the time, for the very first time. Ah, okay. Let's see. It looks like they've got members. 
it looks like they've got wow they've been they've been around for quite a while how did they just now break mm-hmm. and it looks like it, it I, looks I know, like right? the only one that ever made a career out of anything was maybe this guy named Roger Waters he's the only one i've been hearing about recently yeah yeah he's uh, uh for some reason he was dressed really weirdly i i don't know uh, yeah, he went to hmm. Germany, and and it seems he was maybe dressed up like a Nazi. Yeah, I know. I was hearing that too. Crazy, right? That's, that's that seems so strange to me. I mean, just looking at this. Uh, I mean, looking at this uh, this movie, The Wall. I don't know. There's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of fashy fashy. Isn't that what we call it now? Fashy imagery yeah. in this movie. I think Roger Waters, this guy, this this guy needs to be canceled. He's a fascist, isn't he? He must be a fascist. That's yeah. the only that's the and, only just like Charlie Chaplin. That's the just like Charlie Chaplin, yeah. And Mel Brooks too. It's the only yes. it's the only reasonable explanation for there to be so much Nazi imagery and fascist yeah. imagery in this stuff that this Roger Waters guy is responsible for. Well, it's the only possible explanation. It, it must be, man. It's weird. Yeah. How can how I mean, can you? If you dress like a Nazi, you are a Nazi. Just like I was Buzz Lightyear when I was four years old on Halloween. <laughs> oh shit! Oh fuck! <laughs> Jesus. Um. Yeah, Roger Waters. Uh, <laughs> the uh, uh <laughs> um the zionists i was i was going to say the jews but it's not really the jews the zionists mm-hmm. are after him uh yes because of his stage performance his stage show that he's been doing for a while and honestly Maybe I, I don't know. I, I was seeing so many comments from people who, who were completely unaware of who Pink Floyd was. Uh, oh, you know, what I mean? man, just just so unaware. Uh, because the way they were treating, you know, I was joking a few minutes ago, but the way people are treating this, it's like, yeah, this is the first time they've ever interacted. Yeah, seen a performance by Waters. Yeah, and it's such a weird thing because they keep saying he's like in an SS uniform and stuff, and he is. But it's the it's got the hammer sigil on it. Like he's not dressed up uh-huh. with the Nazi stuff. It's all the iconography from the wall. Um, yes, and he's yeah. performing the wall. I mean, that's what this whole thing is. It's a it's a yeah. it's part uh, musical performance, part performance art of the wall. Yes, and the 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 whole thing. Like, there's a whole purpose to all of this it's it's it is an anti-authoritarian narrative it's a the wall yeah the wall is a narrative it is very much uh, that's the intention of it one of the greatest concept albums ever made yes and people are just blown away by this by this stage performance saying it's it's uh anti-semitic and all this yeah i i am like i i was reading some of the from people and it was like so mind-boggling to me that one you're that unaware of this and you're speaking about it with like full authority uh (laughs) and also just like where like i I, i'm like is this really the like the whole thing like you can't even see imagery like this like it's one thing okay if you truly if you know nothing about it and you just truly believe oh yeah why is he dressed in a nazi uniform that's pretty weird you know okay you're you're not well informed but whatever but the people who are like i can't even stand to see this imagery it's like come on 
I don't okay, care. Don't I don't care if it's an anti-fascist piece of art. Yeah, I don't care if it's, it's an mockery. anti-authoritarian piece of art. All I care about is that it looks Nazi-ish, and that makes me queasy. Right. Right. Ugh, it's so frustrating. It's like, do you, do you remember in um, uh, the, the World War II Battlefield, or no, Battlefield Five? it came out, you know, a few years ago, and they yeah. took away the, the swastika off this Nazi, uh, like when you're fighting the, the Axis, yes. or, or the Nazis specifically, oh they took God, away the, the swastika. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, oh, God. Jesus, you can't see this at all. You just can't. I, I'm one right. of the okay. So it's 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 a lot of the big um, anti anti uh, a lot of the big um Zionist accounts on Twitter accounts that this is the thing that 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 I think needs to be explained for for people who aren't aware of this. There's a <clears throat> there's a weird argument about anti-Semitism. And the idea that anti-Semitism, hatred of Jews, anti-Semitism, not the European version of anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. that, um, that anti-Semitism is, uh, anti-Semitism exists where anyone hates Israel, where anyone disagrees yes. with the government of Israel, right. anyone who has a problem with the government of Israel, anyone who has a problem with Israel's actions as a nation or Israel's existence as a nation. Anyone who has right. an issue with these things is an anti-Semite who hates Jews. That's right. the conflation. They can, yeah, they conflate Zionism and uh, Semitism. Yes, they do. Exactly. And the the problem with that thought process is that um, my, my, my Jewish girlfriend hates Israel. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, so I this is me. This is just my conspiratorial brain here for a second. But do you think they're doing this because of his, Waters' opinions on uh, Palestine? It's like it's Israel absolutely because of his opinions on Palestine. This is the only reason they're doing this because these people are are these people are defending Israel by calling Israel Jews. That's what they're doing. Right. They're, they're defending yeah. Israel under the guise of defending Jews, when in reality there are many right. Jews, many Jews, I've spoken to, to right. a few of them, who do not like the fact There's, that Israel is a, a, a theocratic oligarchy running an apartheid state. Yeah. They don't like that. There's, there's, there's Jews in Israel who are opposed to Zionists, like they go out and they protest. There are issues, absolutely, there are issues with Israel as a nation. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're Jews. It has nothing to do with the fact that their national religion is Judaism. It has nothing to do with any of it. It has everything to do with the fact that this is a tyrannical, theocratic oligarchy, and it shouldn't fucking exist, at least not in that fashion. This is a a massive, massive issue. Israel is responsible for many humanitarian crises, and I understand. I understand this idea that the Palestinians and the, the uh, particularly uh, uh, terrorist groups within the, the sort of Palestinian yeah. movement. Hamas. Yeah, Hamas kills innocent people too. Yes. That doesn't, that is, and that's wrong, but that's not neither here nor there in relation to our argument. It, yes, <laughs> so, it does yeah. not excuse Israel doing the same fucking thing in response. Right. It doesn't. Just like 9-11 doesn't excuse yeah. all the fucking kids killed by drone bombs right. by the United well, like, States. Look, it doesn't excuse it. Yeah. 
Like, look, if if your country, uh, like, if someone carved out a piece of your country and then said, we're installed, this is a new government that's going to be here, and they're going to set the rules for this area, which you were living in, right? Um, whether you think that this area had, even think that, well, it was, really, it was just, you know, there was never a real, people will say this, so they'll say, well, there was never really Palestine. It was, there was a, you know, it was just under control of a different governments in the time so you know yeah. they're just transferring it but it's like okay those people who are living there are now have a new have a new boss right yeah um, new management and it's like yeah they're uh, obviously um and, and you know these laws are they're not the people are setting up laws on you know how they can live on their own land so you know from especially from a libertarian perspective like whether or not there was an official state Palestinian state or whatever you want to call it there's people on the land living there and that's the most important part right like right. Uh, you know and so. never mind the fact never mind the fact that the establishment of Israel was a bunch of fucking Europeans trying to give the Jews a place to go so they would get the fuck out of their countries and yeah right semitism was real at the time in Europe and the only reason that Israel was established was to kick the fucking Jews out of Europe they didn't want them right so the, the whole the whole thing is a giant fucking setup. And there is no Israel as a country. Also, yeah. Is as bad as the US as a country. And in some yeah. ways much worse as far as the they, their their uh, Israel's allowed the draft. Policies. They have a mandatory they have mandatory military service. Oh yeah, it's a fucking slave state. Yeah. Yeah. I've said that before and people get so mad, but I I, I don't apologize. It's true. I think any country, and this is again, this is not just attacking Israel exclusively for anyone listening. Uh, this uh, any country that has a draft, a mandatory military service, is a slave state. Yes, I, completely. Like, yeah, that includes all. The, that includes all the nice white European ones. Yes, I mean, absolutely. There's no, yes. there's no fucking excuse for it. And this is the thing that Roger Waters. People, first of all, there's an interesting <laughs> little thing where history isn't right because the. This whole thing started, at least the first thing I saw, was an activist who saw that there was a Star of David on... There's a floating pig that he uses in this in this stage show that has a bunch of logos on it. Like, the Shell Corporation's logo is on it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of logos on it, and one of them uh, at... At a uh, at a performance that he did of the show was a star of David, and people have said that that particular pig was at the show in Berlin, and it wasn't. <laughs> that particular pig was not at the show in uh, in Berlin. That that was uh, at uh, a different a different. I think it might have been in the UK. At an arena in the UK, that he had that one. The one in Berlin didn't have a Star of David on it. It had something else. Mm. Um, I think it had something that was more closely related to the uh, to the the government of Israel. But mm, okay, this whole thing has spun out to the point that stop anti-Semitism on on Twitter says great news. Berlin police have launched a criminal investigation into Roger Waters following his concert in which he dressed as a Nazi SS officer holding a gun and denigrated the murder of Anne Frank. Uh, shockingly, AMC Theaters is promoting Waters uh, currently. They're trying to pressure AMC to drop their promotion of, of Waters with whatever project they're doing together. Um, and, and this just, this, this, um, I'm, I am just so fucking disappointed. Also, trying to say, uh, to anyone who knows anything about Roger Waters, trying to say that he's like a fascist or a Nazi or something. It's fucking insane! The man... 
the man is one of the like a true lefty leftists yeah. uh, you know, in the world. So yeah, he like, fucking hates fascism. This is a guy that yeah. This is a dude who has been so consistently anti-fascist since the nineteen fucking seventies earlier even yeah this is a dude that has been so consistently anti-fascist that the imagery in the wall is touchstone imagery for anti-fascism as uh, as yes. like an idea or an aesthetic like the like the yes. imagery from the wall is anti-fascist imagery like it's yes. it's, it's existed it is the core of the aesthetic of anti-fascism yeah yes <laughs> and this idea that like this i this idea that waters himself is an anti-semite you know what he hates he hates the fact that the israeli government's fascist that's what he fucking hates right right and in this conflation that people do and they do it all over um all over twitter people do it all over twitter people do it all over uh, the internet is that if you if you criticize israel you are criticizing jews that yep. is sophistry yeah, no, straight up. It, it completely is. Like, uh, don't ever allow someone to say that, especially on this topic, but also just in general. Like, if you say that, well, I hate my government, that means that I hate every person living in America. Those are obviously two different statements. Yes. Uh, and don't ever try. And if you try to say that they're the same thing, you are like a, a moron, quite frankly, like straight up. Like, well, I, I don't know how or just dishonest. One of the two. It's such a common argument, though, because we saw it happen at the beginning of COVID, too. Because when when it was when people were criticizing the Chinese government and the way they handled it um, mm -hmm. and and it it and like the Kung flu stuff and all that stuff, people were conflating that with like you're saying Chinese people are, are bad somehow. And it's like, no, I think China, the nation, fucked this up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any it, it doesn't mean Chinese people are bad. Right. It's got nothing to do with that. It means this organization screwed the fucking pooch. Yeah. Screwed the fucking pooch. I said the censored version of fuck the dog and said fucking in the middle of it. That's that's weird. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I just it 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 it's sort of. It's mind boggling to me that people are so is this media literacy? Is that what this is? I think, yeah, I think it is. I, I don't think people, I don't think people know, really know who Roger Waters is, who, what Pink Floyd is, or what the wall is. I don't think they understand. Uh, it, I, Although I think that I do, I do think the, the probably, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm more lenient on the people who are just like in the comments who are like, oh, this is awful. Uh, that, I mean, it's still absurd that people are going along with this. But the the people who started this, I I blame them the most because it's yeah. like, oh, well, you you should know better. The big influential accounts that make yeah. whose whole grift is conflating criticism of Israel with criticism of Jews. That right. that that all those accounts, massive massive circle of grifters who do yeah. that. It's like if you ever criticize Israel, Ben Shapiro's going to uh, come out from under your bed and and drag you <laughs> to hell or something. Exactly. Um, it's it's it is a it, that whole circle of the internet has been trying to make hay with this uh, so much so that they're trying to sick the cops on waters in Germany. And it's the kind of thing where, do you remember... <laughs> this will show them we're not fascists. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, do you remember in uh, a few, several years ago, 
Um, Rammstein released a song that had an accompanying music video that's practically a short film in itself called uh, Deutschland. Oh, I remember hearing about this. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever watched it. Well, people freaked the fuck out because there are some scenes in Deutschland uh, where um, the band are dressed up as Jews in a, concent- in a concentration camp. And there are characters that are dressed up as SS officers in that camp, hanging them, hanging the band. And um, the way that all this is, is, uh, is sort of the, the, the early marketing material for the short, for the, for the music video um, had several of those scenes in it, almost like it was a focal point, but the, I think they wanted people to freak out because they did. People freaked the fuck out. They were angry. People were angry. There was a German... Germany has an anti-Semitism office that's like a law enforcement office. Um, uh-huh. the, 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 the minister of anti-Semitism, or the minister of anti-Semitism, or whatever he's called, um, was saying how bad it was and all this other stuff. And the music video comes out, and it turns out it's an incredibly poignant music video about the complicated emotions of trying to reconcile or that come with trying to reconcile um, national pride and, and being proud of who you are and national shame and recognizing all the evil that's been right. done by your nation. I, right. I've never been to Germany, but from there's people who've gone to Germany who have come back and like who've said that like just kind of like in the cultural zeitgeist of Germany, there's a lot of people there who have this almost like feel this like ancestral responsibility for what happened yeah. uh, in a weird way. Yes. Uh, as you said, like national shame where it's like they're, they're like super on edge. So I can understand if you're a, Ger- if you're a German or something and you see like Nazi imagery or something, you know, even if it's depicting, you know, even if it's making fun of it or saying this is bad, uh, I can understand how people could like if you're a German and that's like kind of part of your, like psyche. I can understand how that could be triggering to you, but you don't go and say, "Okay, sir, that man right over there." Or, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, in fact, in fact, you're actually you're actually doing something closer to yeah. the people you don't want to be uh, than by doing that. It's um, supposed to make you queasy. This kind of art is supposed to make you uncomfortable and not yes. in like an edgy right. edgelord way. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable because it's supposed to make you think about and 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 sort of uh, 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 come to terms with this idea, these ideas that like people did this, this stuff happened and it has to be Roger Waters point during uh, for for the whole of the wall is this kind of authoritarianism is evil and it must be fought. Yep. And that's that's his whole thing. and and. In, in embodying the character of Pink Floyd, that's sort of what's going on. Is is it's a, is it's an indictment of the insanity of authoritarianism and author, and authoritarians, and particularly fascists. And so this this yeah. it, that's what it's supposed to be, and it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Yes, it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. You're not supposed to right. be happy when you're looking at it. It's 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 very much like that scene. It's very much like those scenes in the, in the Deutschland music video where. The band is like in the straight up striped jumpsuits and they're being hanged by there's a character in the music video who represents Germany, represents the spirit of Germany. And she's dressed up as an SS officer and she's watching them be hanged. And it's like Mm -hmm. it's that's supposed there's a poignancy to that. And it and it sort of drives home this idea of just like, how do I reconcile these these motions of national pride and national shame? How do I parse this? If what if the argument and I've seen this argument in several places in these threads, if the argument is that you are not allowed to use fascist imagery and, and specifically Nazi imagery in your art, 
in order to make your artistic point. You are compelling people to forget. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you are forcing like- people to forget. I'm sorry, you were saying? No, no, no. I no, yeah, but I, I totally agree. Where it's like, um, it, it would be like you know a nine eleven memorial not allowed to talk about or show the twin towers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, like the the whole idea about like yeah, as you said, if you can't, if you're not allowed to use like fascist or Nazi imagery, uh, then you can't actually make a, a, an artful critique of it either. Because to do that would be to represent it in some way, uh, right? So right. yeah, you you can't even do that. You can't even critique or attack that fascist or Nazi imagery with like it, even through caricature. So like, I, I mean, that's the thing is there's the, the argument is like there's no reason to use this iconography at all in any way, and it's like, what do you fucking uh, <laughs> mean? There's no reason. <laughs> what? What the hell are you talking about? It, it it I'm I I've been so um so shocked to some extent by the response of people who are just kind of normal. It's people. almost like you know what this is. It, it's very much like the idea that you know there's certain characters in media in literature who are racist, and some people want in, in depictions they want them not to use like the n word yes. that these racists are using. Yes, uh, because they feel like well you know that's not a no, that's the point. That's why the racist is using People it. People who that's got why. mad it, it, that Leonardo DiCaprio said it in Django Unchained. Oh, right. Yes. It's that exact thing. Right. Where it's just like Leonardo DiCaprio's character is an indictment of these guys. Yeah. You're, and, not, yeah, you're not supposed to like him. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason it's a revenge fantasy, and it's, there's a reason he dies at the end like he does. Right. Like there's a, there's a, or does he, he doesn't die at the end. He dies somewhere later in the middle. But in any case, mm-hmm. um, there's a, there's a reason that happens. He gets his comeuppance. Right. And this whole thing is sort of uh, the, this idea that you cannot use. Oh man. There's a number of people who are just like, you, you're not allowed to use, uh, you're not allowed to use Nazi iconography for any reason. Right. And I just don't... Did these people not see... I mean, look, I don't blame people who haven't seen the whole of The Great Dictator because, frankly, it's an old movie and old movies are slow and kind of boring. But mm-hmm. um, at least the, the speech, mm-hmm. The Great Dictator's speech, yeah, like, it's one of the most impactful things ever put to film. It's, yes. It's incredible. And Charlie Chaplin is dressed like a Nazi during the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> And I don't understand. I don't understand how people can have this kind of reaction to this. I just don't. Yeah, I I don't get it. Like again, if it's like I can again, I can sympathize with people who may have like some type of issue or might get triggered by something. But the response to that isn't to say, "Oh, that person who who had you know flashed that imagery, he's a Nazi, or he agrees with what he right, what is being right. presented right now." And that's Waters, just that's just dumb. It's it's dumb. Yes, absolutely. And Waters says even in his show, he says, "Look, he says if you're, uh, he says, uh, I want to be clear, I'm not anti-Semitic." He says in the show, he says, I want to be clear, I'm not anti-Semitic. I, I, mm-hmm. I am against the crimes of the state of Israel. 
And right. so, and like he's very clear about that. And but the, that distinction, the the these grifters who conflate Israel with Jews don't right. want that distinction to exist. Right. Yeah, it's like, you know, anytime someone would say, uh, you know, who would talk about like, you know, what George Bush did or something, they'd say, oh, so you're just an Al Qaeda sympathizer or you're just a communist or something like that. You know what I mean? Anyone who would criticize the United States government for any crime it committed. Yeah. So, you know, wherever it's all it's always just like, yeah, it's like you're just you're not even engaging with debate. You're just trying to, you know, poison the well and and try to. uh, paint someone as if they're you know some great horrible person and that therefore somehow that delegitimizes their you know um complaint or something I, you know i i hate doing this i hate i hate the kind because i've been called an anti-semite before by by people mm-hmm. and i i hate doing this but at a certain point i have to point out that like my girlfriend's a jew <laughs> and like an active one like likes the you holidays pulled and the stuff. car it I only took us 50 something episodes yeah i know right but i hate what i hate about it though is that like mm. i hate hiding behind that it, it feels cowardly oh, sure. um yeah yeah it, it, yeah and so i hate doing that but but i have to say i did not give a fuck about the state of israel as a nation like i didn't care about it and I never like I never did any research on their domestic policies. I never thought I, I did not know that they were a straight up theocracy. I did not know that. I I I assumed that they were a democracy with religious freedom like the U.S. is, but um, mm-hmm. but they're not. They're very much a theocracy. Like there there are divorce laws there that are like yeah. that are fucked because they're informed yes. by the religion, and so the. The the thing that the, the the person who told me all of the shit, almost everything that I know about Israel outside of some of the the you know larger, more global issues, um, is my girlfriend, a Jew, mm-hmm. who criticizes Israel anytime anybody brings it up, <laughs> because it's, yeah. because it's not Jews, it's Israel. The, it's a the, different the, thing. Again. The very first lesson Rothbard uh, espouses in Anatomy of the State is the people yes. are not their government. It's the very first the thing. The very first he, thing he fucking says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet. Like, yeah. I, I, if you're the type of person where, even if you're doing this implicitly, if you think the people are their government, and, you know, we've talked about Japan and other things like that in the past, if that's truly your belief, then you are going to justify horrible atrocities somewhere in your absolutely like somewhere I, I, you were going to justify some atrocity absolutely well to to that point uh captain and capistan was in the when in, in the replies to the stop anti-semitism account he says are you going to call for an investigation into quentin tarantino and christoph waltz next you know some might say it's more important to avoid behaving like nazis than dressing like them <laughs> that's good no that's that's so correct that yeah. is that is 100 it yeah, that is it. I, I just I uh, it it bums me out. It bums me out that you can't. It bums me out that there are so many people who want you to be an anti-Semite when you criticize Israel. They yeah. want you to hate Jews, right? And it's not even it's not even necessarily these organizations that are tied to Israel and and have a vested interest in in there not being criticism of Israel. These organizations that are that are committed to the to it like uh, like the adl and stop anti-semitism and these other groups um it's not just them it's like there are people who aren't even jews 
they have no interest in Israel, like right. as a as a thing. They 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 don't have the same like if they were to if they were to go to Israel, right? They wouldn't have the same sort of privileges that Jews going to Israel have. Um, they're mm-hmm. not. They're it's they got nothing to do with them at all, and they still want it to be the case that you hate Jews if you criticize Israel, right? And I just I I yeah. can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's so dishonest to frame it that way. Um, you really, you can't have a discussion with it, right? Because the, you, the discussion cannot carry on unless the premise is changed. Unless you change your premise that the people are not their government, then, then no discussion can go forward, truthfully. Like, right. It, it just kind of stops there. Yeah. And especially the people aren't a thing that's not even their government. I mean, this, this right. is the thing. There's a, look, there's a shit ton of Jews in Israel, right? Main thing. But... Yeah, I mean, there's a shit ton of Jews in the U.S. They don't vote in Israeli elections. They don't have anything to fucking do with Israel. But their whole, but the whole right. contention is that if you hate Israel or you don't appreciate or you or you criticize Israel, you're saying that to them too. And it's like, no, these are fucking American Jews and never seen Israel. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not even that they're not their government. It's that the, a government that that purports to represent their interests, even internationally. Right. It, it just, I, uh, it, it's such a, it is, what bothers me about it is this, is the deep level of sophistry to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's just like, you just want, you want this nation state to be shielded from criticism. And so you hide behind a, an ethno-religious minority that right. has been the victim of horrible crimes historically. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. That's the thing right there. Governments and, you know, corporations or whatever, any type of big power center does this all the time where whenever they get criticized for something, they will uh, within days they'll they'll come out with some type of, you know, thing where they like have this metaphorical body shield in front of them. Oh, you hate us. That means you hate this minority who's working for us for slave wages down here on the in the fourth building, you know, on the fourth floor of this building. That's what you really. (laughs) Yes. It's like it's so dishonest, truthfully, how like how they do this. Right. Do you okay? For example, there's a meme about this, and it, it happens every time. Um, the company Blizzard, Activision Blizzard. So, for people who don't know, um, this is a horrible, horrible company. Like the things oh, they, they've the, allegedly the things that have happened uh, in like the studio of of Blizzard to other like people, like like people being like uh, you know driven to suicide that that type of thing um yeah uh, there were there were a number of sexual assault um, sexual assaults the state of california did an investigation into activision blizzard as a result of a lot of the sexual assault uh, allegations um this is a company that that is um it's it is a it is truly like an evil company like these these guys yeah. are not only not only is there all of the stuff that happens internally, right? They had a fucking score. Do you remember? There's been so many Activision Blizzard um, uh, uh, controversies. Do you remember their diversity scorecard they were using? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. And this is actually just what I was going to bring up, too. Right? Oh, was it really? So, so it's a link to that. So, okay. for example... My point about how a lot of these uh, governments or corporations like shield themselves metaphorically with like body shields of like some type of minority group or something to like gain social capital. Yeah. Whenever like Blizzard would get criticized in the media for all these horrible things that have happened internally in their studios, 
they would come out with like, oh, here's a new character in Overwatch and, and go through like, yeah, they're, uh, you know, gay or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that would be, you know. Uh, and they were it, always, it, it's just like they're these, always like acceptably somewhat attractive people. And it's like, it's like right. oh, no, you don't. It's in the deep lore in the comic books, but this character's gay. And it's like, uh, OK, right. it's like it's like you're throwing out the smallest crumbs possible in order to distract of good of like what what might be considered goodwill uh, to distract from all the horrible things you're doing. Yeah, to distract and any, from the fact that multiple that, women claim that they've been sexually assaulted and sexually harassed yes, at your company. And, 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 and several have claimed that their breast milk was stolen. Yes, out of the fridge, out of the company fridge. Ugh. And on top of that, on top of that, uh, th- when when this happens, these companies will often just shield themselves behind. Oh, well, look, aren't we doing a, uh, you know, a great job here? And yeah. on one hand, see, the, here's the thing. Here's where like both sides kind of get this wrong. Um, on one hand, um, you'll have some people who, who will do the whole like conflation where it's like, yeah, you do just hate that group if you're attacking them you do just hate them right but then there's also the other side of it which says oh they're just using those people that means those people are working in tandem together and therefore it's okay to attack the body shields you know (laughs) like that so it's like Mm -hmm. oh actually this is all just you know some horrible secret agenda or something like that or you know or you know it's the jews in power all the jews are working together you know it's an an inverse of conflation you're 100 percent right that actually came to a head recently when you know that fake voltaire quote that goes around that's oh yes the find out who rules over you you see who you can't criticize or whatever yeah right yeah, it's a fake Voltaire quote. It was it actually is, yeah. said by a fucking uh, uh, a white nat. Uh, I'm not sure if he's explicitly a neo-Nazi, yeah. so I don't want to say neo-Nazi, but he was a white nat and he hated Jews. Um, and and that was kind of the whole point of it. But but people have mm-hmm. sort of there is a, that group that conflates this idea that like you will get attacked by these Zionist organizations if you say anything bad about Israel you will be attacked as if you are saying something bad about Jews generally therefore it must be Jews generally right exactly yes this happened yeah yep exactly so on both sides both sides here are wrong about this right so it's it's an it's really an inverse on one hand they try to con- side tries to conflate both Jews and Israel together, and the other side accepts the conflation. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which is why it it's why it bothers me so much is because there's a, the, the it, it would be like, this is the thing there's a, there's a meme that makes me laugh and it's uh, pictures of the presidents and CEOs of the largest banks and a ton of them are Irish. Yeah. Like a shitload of them are Irish. Um, so much so that, like the Irish banker is a is a meme, and so this there's this mm-hmm. this idea that like it would be the same thing if you were saying like criticizing banks is criticizing the Irish, right? It just yeah. doesn't make any sense. No, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. And, and this this it, it's sophistry, and it's designed to shield. It, what bothers me about it is it's these organizations hiding behind again. Uh, Again, hiding behind, like you said, using a meat shield, a body shield, uh, hiding behind an ethno-religious minority that has experienced horrible crimes historically. Terrible, yes. terrible, terrible things. Um, yeah. And and hiding behind that, hiding behind those people, hiding behind that fact in order to protect a fucking nation state. A government. Yeah. I have no, I, I just, ugh. I, I, it's so scuzzy. 
It's so gross. Yeah. No, it's just dishonesty all the way down. Yeah, it really is. And so the, the fucking fucking Roger Waters shine on you crazy fucking diamond, I guess. Because there's no... There's, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the, the attacks that, that this has been garnering... And they're so reliant upon the ignorance of the fucking Zoomers who want to jump on this yep. shit. Yeah. Because it's like, none of these guys have, none of these guys have watched the wall. No. None of these guys just sit there and listen to it. Nope. <sighs> <laughs> Keep people as pets. <laughs> the fucking, it's stuck in my head now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it, it, this, it, I, it just, it bums me out. It bums me yeah. out. And, yep. it, and, it, and it bums me out that, that people just kind of let it go and let it happen. I mean, in the comment section of that Stop Anti-Semitism post is just all people who are just super, super pissed off and, and just really mad at Roger Waters. And it's like, what the hell are right. you doing? Right. What are you even doing? You just can't make art yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. It, it also it reminds me about, like, you know... Um, uh, what is it like when they would try to get uh, Huckleberry Finn uh, banned yep. uh, as as reading material because it you know features the N word? Yep. Um, it's it, used it's, like, it's wonders- used in a proper historical context. Yes, it's used in a, and it's meant it's not meant to show that hey this is good. It's <laughs> like, glorified, yeah. It's, yeah. The, the whole point is that yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's like, you know, I, here's the thing, right? This is something in like media criticism that media literacy and criticism that I've seen so much. It really bothers me. People, there's a certain group of people who think that anything shown on screen is a promotion. Yeah. They yep. think that anything, if you see something on your screen, that it's a promotion. There are people who's, who will see, uh, like, some, like, horrible person do something on TV, and there's a certain group of people who say, why is this a television show promoting that? It's like, no, it, they're not promoting it. They're showing it to you. They're not exactly. promoting it. Exactly. They're showing it to you, and they're saying something about it if you would just listen. Right. It, it kind of reminds me. There was a. I was watching. Uh, speaking of Activision Blizzard, I was. I was watching a, an old Asmongold video when when he was playing Diablo Immortal, and mm-hmm. he he streamed Diablo Immortal for several streams, uh, proving that it was pay to win. And that was the whole. Oh, point. I think I've seen the same video. Yes. Dude, he yeah. spent he spent over two thousand dollars in that game. Yep. Yep. Proving that the game was pay to win, and so he. He was he he was streaming that, and people were coming into his chat and chiding him, acting like, "Why are you Why are you streaming this? Why are you promoting this? If you hate it so much, why are you playing it? If you hate it so much?" <laughs> and his whole thing is like, "I'm showing you how bad it's gotten." Yeah, so you don't have to make the same mistake I am doing. I am the canary. Line. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm showing you, and I'm showing everyone on Twitch, and everyone who's going to watch this on YouTube. Everyone, he's a massive audience. I'm showing everyone how bad this is. Yeah, <laughs> and you and and all you can think is like, well, why are you giving Blizzard two thousand dollars? I'm dropping the bucket for Blizzard. They don't care about right. it. It's, right. it like, he gave them the two thousand dollars or not is of no consequence. Yeah, in fact, he probably stopped other people from giving them more money. Right, by doing that was that. the whole point. And so, and, and people just couldn't get it. 
They couldn't understand because they came from the exact position that you were describing, which is that if I'm being showed it, I must it must be being promoted to me. Right. Yep. yep. Everything's an advertisement. Yep. Nothing is allowed to be a statement of, of condemnation if it shows the actual thing. Right. Because if it shows the thing, it must be an ad. Right. Exactly. Yep. I don't I don't get it. It's so you're it's it's not just media illiteracy, it's general illiteracy. If you can't yeah. it, it, like how can you read um how can you read something uh for example uh let's take um like the expanse, right? Mm-hmm. If you're reading if you're reading the book Leviathan Wakes. Mhm. There are there are these cultures in Leviathan Wakes that have flaws, and those flaws are part of the fabric right. of the of the book, and you're supposed to notice them, and right. you're supposed to and you're supposed to kind of understand that these things are being condemned. Like the like there there's stuff about the OPA that's bad. There's stuff about the inner planets is bad. There's stuff about, about Earth and Mars individually that are bad in in their own ways, right. and and that's all part of the fabric of this of this world. It's not being promoted. They also, yeah, they also, have, yeah, it, 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 that's exactly right. And they also have people read into this also have this idea like this, that a protagonist and a hero are the same thing and that an antagonist. Yes. Villain are the same thing, you know, yes. it's like they're not the same thing. No, <laughs> that's kind of the thing. Like Pink Floyd. That's a great that's a great point. Pink Floyd is the protagonist of the wall. Yes. He's also a fucking bad guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like that's the whole point. The great dictator, uh Chaplin's character, protagonist, bad guy. Yes. Well, up until the up until the speech. The, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But yeah. But just like that, it's it's like I I I can't mm. Yeah, it's 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 media literacy, it's general literacy, and it's it's a it's. I wonder how much of it. I wonder how much of it is like this weird poisoning from late stage capitalism, where everything actually mm-hmm. is an ad. So like, right. so you can't really, you can't really expect. I don't know. Is it unfair to expect midwits to tell the difference between? Um, the one thing that always sticks out to me is the the fact that there was a there was an episode of Smallville one time where there was a black and white scene, and one of the characters is walking through a quick stop, and there was something in color that flashes across the foreground. It was a stride gum stand that was in full color in a black and white scene, and it just kind of moved across the foreground like they like the characters uh-huh. walking past it, but it was the only thing in color in the whole scene. Obvious, obvious product placement. Right. So if you have that kind of thing that pe- that kind of media that people have grown up on, maybe they do think it's an ad. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they do think that anytime anything shows up in front of them it it must be an ad because I mean in a lot of ways it is in a lot of media. Sure, yeah. I I yeah, I I also think it might be, you know, so there, there's always this discussion about like politics in in media and like movies or television like not you know all that stuff like shit you know I, I think there's a certain truth to like you know some things that uh, i'm not saying everything is like all 
political. I'm not saying all art is political, but there's certain truths that like certain political things around the parameters do seep into art most of the time. Oh, sure. Um, well, like even art, implicitly. All art is created in a given culture. And so that's the, right. The certain realities, yeah, the political realities yeah. of that of the context of the art are going to have some effect on it, even if the art itself right. is not explicitly political. Right. So I feel like maybe people who consume very bad media where it's like forced down your throat uh, and it's very explicit trains people to think that anything that is being shown to them is therefore some type of political promotion. You're right. It's the 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 all girl shot from Avengers Endgame that doesn't make any sense given what those <laughs> characters were during the actual battle and the lead up to the shot. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. So if you consume a lot of media like that and you're being shown that all the time, people maybe you maybe and this is just me spitballing, but maybe that's tra- that trains people to a certain extent psychologically to think that if I'm being shown something, they're trying to promote their political beliefs to me. Um, that is that, that is you know, a real possibility, at least for midwits. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That is a very real possibility. Oh man! So that that would explain at least some of it. Mm-hmm. Is that they don't understand why would Roger Waters be dressed up like a fascist, like a Nazi? Well, maybe he's commenting on Nazis. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! He must be one. That's the that's right. the real explanation. Is that he is one? He can't be making a statement. Right. Can't be performance art. Right. Couldn't it's be like that. yeah. It's like actors, you know, they're really their characters. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, as one of my favorite things is I mean, Chris Pratt one time killed a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Pratt did it. I think it might have been when he was homeless in L.A. He killed an actual dinosaur. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, just wild. Ah, it's stupid. It, it just it. Uh, and it, and it really does it really does bug me that that that's a whole there's a whole side of this and here's the thing if you even try and draw the distinction people will just say well then you're anti-semitic if you try and say right you're carrying water for uh like anti yeah if you try and yeah. say look i don't have a problem with jews i just have a big problem with israel if you try to say that the, the response is like sounds like something somebody who hates jews would say right yeah and it's like ah, okay fine fine say what you fucking want i guess whatever man <laughs> yep I guess I guess you you get to think I hate Jews then. I guess you get to think that. Right. Good for like you. Like if you go in already thinking that I I think a certain way uh and you will not be convinced any no matter what I say, then there there's no point of me discussing it with you. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm walking into a game I can't win, mm-hmm. uh you know, rhetorically, so it's like you know there's there's no point in in conversing uh if if the point is to try to change your mind because you've already determined you will not yeah, it's the it's it's Calvin Ball anti-Semitism. The rules are you're always an anti-Semite. Right. right. <laughs> That's the those are the rules. Uh huh. Um. Sorry, my mic squeaked. Um. Okay, I think that's all I had. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up? You're muted. Sorry, I I, I intentionally <laughs> muted this really loud motorcycle that oh, went right I by. Got you. I got you. Uh, yeah. Um. 
Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I think that was I think that was a good one. All right, excellent. Well, uh, let's do plugs then. All right, uh, you can find me on Twitter at ace underscore arcist. You can find me on Blue Sky at ace arcist uh, dot blue sky. Um, and you can also find me on Substack at acearchist.substack.com. I should have, uh, I want to say I'll have like a more like a shorter to medium length piece probably in, let's say two weeks. I'll give myself some more time. Two All weeks. right. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Uh, Pacing Joska, J-O-U-S-K-A on Twitter. And also same thing, uh, dot, uh, B-S-K-Y dot social on Blue Sky. Um, that is, uh, I'm, I'm, Man, I really do like that website. Thank you for the code. I do too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yep. I hope everyone had a good Childerberg. Yes, absolutely. I hope you all had a great time. And uh, go ahead. If, if, if this year, if the same thing happens uh, that happened last year where they don't quite break even, um, please, please give a little bit uh, because that that really is a cool a cool gathering of weirdos and I dig the hell out of it. Um, yep. So if they end up not being able to break even, please, please give again, uh, because that's the kind of thing that really should exist. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Uh, thank you all so much. Oh, I wanted to say too. next week. Um, I was going to say next week's episode is going to be pre-recorded. It, it, they're all pre-recorded. And next week's episode is going to be more pre-recorded. <laughs> it's going to be pre-pre-recorded. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there might not be as as much of like up-to-date news stuff on Monday, um, but, but yeah, it won't be as topical probably. Yeah. Maybe it yeah. Will be involved, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Just yeah. wanted to let you guys know ahead of time that that uh, Monday's episode next week is going to be uh, more pre-recorded than usual. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening. Later, guys. Have a cool one. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.